0: Thirty-two counties, thirty-two questions. My name is Una. just Andrea, and this is United United Ireland. Every week, we just put that in. Did that put you off a little bit? No, I'm into it. I'm into the French vibes. Um, Every week, we take a county and dive into an issue relevant to that county, and then see when the world, where in the world, it brings us. Sometimes, not this week though.
1: Because it's December, and what does December mean? It means it's the end of the year. It also means, more um, importantly, right now, people are heading back into the world. We've got cinemas, galleries, museums, um, no gigs or theatre clubbing yet, but that's totally in the post. I can feel it in my uterus. Um, but December is the time when everyone comes out and does their lists and stock take on cultural activities. So for that, This episode, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to discuss our cultural highlights of 2020.
0: Number one cultural highlight, obviously, is this podcast and you can support it on Patreon. Uh, You get a Christmas present when you do that of nice rewards and you get the Sunday Soothe. So we would like to ask everyone listening to this podcast, give us a Christmas present of three euro or more a month. Like that's very little, to be fair. Um, if yeah, you ha- for us. that means the world.
2: <laughs>
0: if you have it, if you have it, chuck us an ale Christmas present there. Sign up the, to the Patreon, and we'll keep this going in twenty twenty one. Maybe, maybe in a different
1: format because we've only two
0: candies left. We are going. What's going to happen? We're going to be having our big thinking. And market research. There's going to be teams. We're bringing in consultants.
1: Whiteboards, visualization. We're going to have a manifestation expert. Oh my God.
0: Flipboards, uh, suburban hotel boardrooms, the whole works. But for now, it's the state of the nation. What's the state, Andrea? There's
1: actually not that much State of the Nation this week, and I'm kind of glad because we're about culture this week. But some little things we're just going to take note of. One, the UK have become the first nation to sign off on the vaccine. Uh, Whatever the reasons behind that is, it feels like the new space wars, and it also feels like um, they (laughs) are trying to take ownership of the vaccine. Look what we've done. Um, I'm pretty sure that was... Developed in Germany by Turkish scientists, but you go Britain. Um, So we will be watching that. I saw a meme this morning of Homer Simpson peering out a window and it was like Ireland watching the UK, how they get on with their vaccine. And I think that pretty much sums it up.
0: Uh, You know that um, there's this union unit in uh, Number 10 Downing Street and one of their recommendations was to get little Union Jacks printed on all of the vials of the Oxford University vaccine. This is not a joke. This was actually a pitch, literally injecting people with the Union Jack. Um, of course, this strain of nationalism um, will end really well for England and the UK, I feel. Uh, you can just read about that story if you want. It's an actual story. It's in The Guardian, actually, last week. Anyway, what else is going on statewise? Statewise, a
1: man... Nay, an MEP escaped down a gutter from an orgy. Happens to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. Of twenty men. Um, now, Grant, we've all had a moment where we've jumped into a situation that we may have wanted to exit without anyone knowing. So, whatever way that may have been the exit, maybe it wasn't a gutter, but whatever. And um, he said that the drugs weren't his; that were there. And yeah, he was just having a moment. The thing that makes this more newsworthy, apart from the fact it's an MEP, it probably would have blown over quite quickly, but the said man is the creator of Hungary's constitution with a vow to protect the institution of marriage as between a man and woman, and the family as the basis of the survival of the nation. Those are the bits he put in, right? Yeah, from his iPad. He's a he did famously edited the constitution on his iPad. Again,
0: happens to us all. And <laughs> um, yeah, so
1: it is just it's just a bit bananas, really, isn't it? Oh my god, I should have made that the bananas.
0: I have made that made bananas. For now, though, let's think about some good news. <laughs> I want good news. Give it to me, please.
1: I get to my veins. Um the good I have down that the good news is Holly Kearns, uh, who's a TD for West Cork, made a speech about sexism in the doll um after she was um referred to as a a little girl by um one of the main people on the Greyhound Racing Board. And that in itself is like she made a brilliant speech and it was great, and it went viral on TikTok and whatnot. But I feel like The good news there is I feel like Holly Currents is our AOC. And not to compare people just because they're two women and they're fab. But it just feels like she's got this energy and this, like, she's going for it. And she's doing it in a way that's relatable. And all the things, attributes that uh, AOC kind of stands for, I think Holly is bringing to Ireland. She is
0: turning out to be a bit of a star of the doll. all right. The Sock Dems, TD. Yeah,
1: you love to see it.
0: Who else is... Also the t-
1: love to see, now, I don't want to reduce this Woman down to this moment because she brings a lot, obviously, a lot more and has achievements under her belt, and um, that would take hours to list. But there was just a moment in the doll, and she actually put on her on Instagram, and um, where Lynn Ram was about to speak and she couldn't get her face mask off over her hoops. And she's like, Oh, sorry, I can't get my mask off over my hoops. And I was like, Yes, you just love to see somebody like you in the doll, essentially. Do you know what I mean? In the chat, if, if you can't see it, you can't be it. I love Lynn. She's deadly. She's amazing. Um, and then we have another good news. Hotels are now looking for new potential uses for where they were meant to be developed. Um, and not that I'm against hotels. I always have to say that I love hotels. But what is here now is potentially the opportunity to look at long-term planning rather than knee-jerk city planning. So it was like we've loads of tourists we've loads of tourists, build more hotels. And then we have a pandemic and then it's like, oh shit, we've no tourists. Don't build the hotels. <laughs> it's like um what will we do now? What will we make these spaces? Does anybody have a plan? Does anybody have a fucking plan? Drives me back bonkers. Um but we'll watch that one with interest and see where it goes. Um and then There's actually a big article out about that in the Irish Times that I contributed to on Saturday. Hmm. And then other good news, vaccines are looking likely they're going to be introduced in January, which means that my timeline for clubbing to be back on on the cards of March looks like it could be
0: right. Well, I think that's an optimistic timeline. I'm here for it. I'm very optimistic. Uh, I appreciate your optimism. I have said now for a good few months, you know my raving by June um, mantra. I feel like it's going to be raving by June. You, do you think clubbing by March? I think raving by June. But we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Suddenly, have opened up their clubs and weddings and dance floors, and you can stand up and drink as well. So
0: <laughs> Man, really- I love that we're having this conversation. That you can start Imagine you could go somewhere and stand up and drink. <laughs>
1: But what is the world? But yeah, I'm sticking to March. You have June. Stand by listeners to see who's going to be victorious in this United Ireland duel.
0: And now it's time for the United Ireland cultural highlights of 2020. (music) Andrea, culture. (laughs) (laughs) What is culture? Culture. Well, 2020, obviously, absolutely bonkers year for uh, cultural activities. Um, How do you think that the beyond our very specific picks, how do you think that this year will be framed culturally?
1: I think from a general perspective, the items that made up 2020 culturally were Tiger King, Normal People, Banana Bread, Sea Swimming, The Crown and The Toy Show.
0: That's pretty good summation, yeah.
1: That's Ireland in 2020 in six, seven points. There you go. That's culture, but our culture.
0: So we're going to break this down into different categories about what our cultural highlights were of the year. Hope you enjoy our little dive into the things that made, made us tick. And, you know... I think it's, I
1: think it's very funny, um, and I did say this already, looking at the highlights, I've had a preview um, that I seem to be bringing the culture of a gay man to the table whilst Una's bringing the pensive and in-depth cultural analysis of lesbian woman. So, yeah, that's true. And I think maybe the general things are like uh, straight cis interests.
0: Um, I think that we could break down our categories for ours in terms of our uh, identities. But let's focus on what was an unusual cultural year, but one that also bore a lot of fruit. First off, we're going to be discussing music. Andrea, what were your musical cultural highlights of the year? It will come as no surprise, the top of my
1: list, um, who was also top of my Spotify, uh, Unwrapped, which everyone loves to see, and I will have no uh, disagreement on that, was Roisin Murphy, her album, Roshi Machine, and then her online gig was definitely the cultural highlight of my whole year, I would say.
0: What was yours? Is that is that the only one you're going to mention? Oh, do you want me to
1: do all my music?
0: Yeah, do your, all your music. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm worried in one on one. Okay. Secondly, uh, the release of. Chromatica, specifically Rain on Me was a cultural reset um from Lady Gaga. But also there was the release of all the pop queens. Uh like literally every month there was a new one. There was Ariana, there was Jua, there, there was Gaga, there was um there was just this influx of uh female pop prince princesses, we call them that anymore. Um, which just meant there was something, there was music all the time. Uh, to dance to and to get excited about and new bops shall we say. Um, This is not something that's 2020 um, confined. It's come from a previous time and I did like there are things that in my list that aren't new and I think that culture doesn't have to be always new to be on a list. So this very important uh, musical moment is the Girls Aloud Megamix. If you haven't heard it it's been one of our and chicken rails. it's instrumental in having such a i think it's like 15 minutes long no it's not that long but uh yeah girls allowed megamix was definitely up there um as well and that kind of ties in with the rise in radio play for female artists and that wasn't by accident so there was a lot of campaigning and that went on and in tangent with another highlight that was the women in harmony um, and their Cranberries release but the work that's been going on behind the scenes I think is really um, instrumental to how we're hearing more women on the radio and it's not just the kind of same guys with guitars not that there's anything wrong with that but uh, it's good for diversity um, and then finally on my music is Courage 2020 in the Nashgal. and um, it was a beautiful setting amazing acts and um it was that was kind of the start of irish streaming wasn't it um and it was it was a good reset for where we were and not knowing where culture was going what we could do um and then that came along and kind of kick started a lot of online uh specific musical culture fab What are your musical moments in
0: well, there's a lot. I mean, I know more generally, I suppose, um, that music was the main thing that got me through the difficulties of lockdown and all that. Irish music, first of all. So, my highlight um, was the For Those I Love mixtape, uh, which you can check out on Bandcamp. I just thought it was a really stunning piece of work that kind of married the kind of sense of nostalgia around late night pirate radio vibes to uh this person in particular Dave Ball who's making this music and and what they were saying about their own experience uh loved love love that i got the cassette tape uh as a little collectors item as i feel it will be one because the debut album is coming out Uh, in the first half of next year and is going to be uh, really big, I think, not in a trivial way, like it's going to be a hit. I just think it's going to be an important cultural moment for 2021. Pillow Queens in waiting their debut album and also their album listening party that took place during uh, the first lockdown earlier this year. The community that they've built of fans um, and just how amazingly they've developed as a band um, they're also one of the few <laughs> bands that I've seen quote unquote live uh this year. Obviously there have been no gigs, but as I was doing a kind of a long piece on them for a while, I managed to sit in on one of their rehearsals and it was just like, oh God, live music, thank you. Um certainly a breakout star in the art in an Irish context is CMAT for sure. I think uh her performance and other voices this week solidified that. Fontaine's DC second album. Uh, followed quite quickly from the first I guess A Hero's Death that has been nominated for a Grammy for Best Rock Album Um, again I think there's going to be much more industry focus on Ireland whether that's a good or a bad thing or whatever people looking for these rock bands that are emerging uh, from them there's obviously so many great ones out there Bitch Falcon Just Mustard Sprints Murder Capital Murder Capital for sure and the band that kind of underpins an awful lot of that is uh, girl band as well Um, And it feeds into Fontaine's too. Roisin Machine. Ooh, one of the best albums of the year. Irish or not, has to be. And also um, Gemma Dunleavy's work, I think, is kind of, you know, really kind of positioning her as as one of the most interesting artists working uh, in music at the moment. Another cultural highlight for me was uh, the Who's Asking uh, remixes. Uh, God knows... the Southwest All Stars remix and the East Coast All Stars remix Uh, both of those really just speaking to the joy and vibrancy of the hip hop scene uh, in all areas of Ireland outside of Ireland um, I think my three favourite acts this year are three quite disparate ones I was never really into Laura Marling until her most recent album Song for a Daughter uh, it just has clicked with me in a particular way. Andre, you're going to hate it because you hate Johnny Mitchell. And uh, so much of Laura Marling's music kind of comes from um, that Johnny Mitchell influence. Fiona Apple, Fetch the Ball Cutters, um, clattering, brilliant, expansive record. And everything that Megan Thee Stallion has done um, definitely had been the kind of, I guess, the, most important or impactful kind of international star this year and then live wise or live-ish I think other voices has done you know the best work really in terms of how you create something online that feels meaningful and that has really high production values so their courage streams and of course uh, their the dingle the uh, dingle version. Over the Voices which is streaming every evening at the moment until Sunday uh, and on Sunday as well so yep those are my music bits Gorge
1: next up we have art Um, my bits in there is the RHA annual exhibition going online for the first time um, I thought I was going to hate it uh, but it was really enjoyable to peruse the collection from home However, in saying that, I still can't wait to get in. They opened yesterday. I can't wait to see those pieces. I don't think you can ever recreate the feeling of art digitally. Um, personally, um, I'm sure there are ways of doing, it, but I think to see you have to see things in situ um, and in real life. And then my other thing is at the Mandarin exhibition that is just opened in the National Gallery. Big fan. Um, so very excited to go in
0: and see that again in real life. Amaze. Visual art for me. Um, it's a funny one, as you're saying, like the, the real life experience was obviously taken away, but I do think that Aches is one of the most interesting artists, visual artists in the country at the moment. And, continuing loads of his kind of mural work outside, uh, whether that's the amazing, uh, I think it was called Puck, the mural he did of The Hurling Player in Cork, or whether it was the uh, beautiful recreation and very simple, but, but really beautiful of the match ticket, the day of um, Bloody Sunday and the centenary of that, uh, which was painted on a wall down Ring's End. Uh, he, he's really kind of next level in terms of the work that he's doing. Um, And then I thought Positive Space, the open-air photo exhibition that was done around Dublin City on empty gig hoardings was also really beautiful. And especially at the moment that it happened, it just brought a sense of calmness and beauty uh, to the the city. So that was really great. God,
1: I've gone so establishment with my art choices, the National Gallery and the RHA. (laughs) I've I've always said it about
0: you, Andrea. Establishment shill.
1: Next on my list... Was theatre. I have the Dear Abby stuff at the Abbey. Um, I think it was gorgeous from start to finish in terms of the design that was done by Mazer, ter- and then the the setting a time to watch shows together that it was a communal experience, um, and then the shows in themselves. Um, I thought it was a really nice way again to uh, keep. Crews and going, keep creatives going, uh, keep creativity going with artists getting involved as well. Um, yeah, really nice.
0: I don't think I have any theatre listed, do I? That's kind of bad. Um, oh, I, I guess,
1: hope <laughs> well,
0: I su- well, I suppose. Um, actually, one of the things that I that I did have that falls into that remit was, um, ha- like the. This, this constant struggle of if theater is, you know, on a screen or or if performances are put on a screen, like, are they theater or do they become something else um, on how difficult it actually is to translate uh, theater, which is obviously in the live environment, onto the digital environment. I think where that worked well was... Um, the Project Arts Centre Future Forecast. Now, I was originally curating that uh, in real life, but then that didn't happen, obviously. So uh, they commissioned other pieces. Um, and one of those pieces um, was Gulp by Malaprop. Uh, so if you go to the Project Arts, uh, the project website, and the if you, you can watch that there. And it's just a really interesting use of the digital form to do something kind of can you call it theatrical? I'm not sure. It's just very interesting visually. Um, so yeah, I guess that was uh, a highlight for me.
1: Um, next up is fashion. Um, I think Harry Styles on the cover of Vogue was a, a fashion moment. Um, it was also a cultural talking point. And it brought up a lot of what it me? what is a manly man bring back manly man and um, but it was also the first time a man had been on the cover of Vogue so it was quite um a big deal I thought it was brilliant um and like why is some someone wearing a dress that controversial um but good to have those conversations coming to the fore Um, fashion also was Christopher John Rogers who was on the podcast um, with the release of his collection his stuff is I think really beautiful and very like I love the way he crosses through um, from really high elegant red carpet stuff to more um, more wearable day to day stuff and just his use of colour is really 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 strong and and he's I think he's just really set himself a really good position in that he is still working within his own parameters rather than trying to fit into a landscape of fashion in the US that is kind of falling apart. Um and then go on. Can I talk or go on? They're finally closer to home and someone that we're going to have on the podcast next week um is Natalie B. Coleman and her mother sister goddess collection. Amazing. Which was stunning but also representative of the people who wear clothes not just one uh one type of person so it was um a diverse approach to effra- and everything um and I think Christopher John Rogers that as well but it was celebrating the power in uh women that all every woman is a goddess and that we all have an inner power and that um whatever that is there was a cross-section of like doulas and midwives and um, singers and mothers and just a really beautiful collection and really stunning shot in uh, the Museum of Literature. I just thought it was a really nice collection. And if ever there was a question of whether fashion is indeed art, I'm very much enjoying Richard Malone's journey of ruching and structure. Um, And one of his pieces in particular um, is this I don't want to use the word monster, but it's a huge piece of structural engineering of ruched fabric that is uh, photographed and in the RHA as part of its annual exhibition. So definitely worth a shout out um, of looking in the exhibition and um, of his uh, stuff that is coming out in shows and on his amazing video he did this year.
0: Um, so yeah, another Irish joy. Awesome. Can I talk about books now? Is it book time? Sure. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, I just want to talk about the books that I like this year. Um. So I've been trying to do my traditional thing of reading a book a week. Um. Most of the stuff is old, but some of it is new. So I just want to talk about some of the books that were published this year that I enjoyed. Um, And I think number one is Uncanny Valley by Anna Wiener. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. It's a memoir about a a young woman who was working in publishing in New York and then um, went west to work uh, in tech. And it's just a really fantastic insight into um, tech culture. She's a really she's a really good writer. She doesn't exonerate herself so much from her participation in that. Um, And it's just a really fantastic read. I really recommend it. Uh, It's um, been optioned by Universal. I think they're going to make it into a film. Uh, So yeah, that would be, I read a lot of uh, nonfiction and memoirs. So that was probably one of my faves this year. Another is Jenny Offal's Weather. Very short novel. Uh, If you want to read something, over Christmas, that would be a good one to get through quite quickly. 32 Words for fields by uh, Mancon McGann. We had Mancon on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that episode. This is one of my favourite Irish books published this year. I I think it's beautiful. The writing is extraordinary. It gives you a completely different perspective uh, for a lot of people, I'd say, on the Irish language and how it relates to our land and our biodiversity um, and our understanding of other worlds, other Dimensions. Uh, really great gift uh, for anyone who's vaguely interested in that kind of stuff this Christmas. Champagne Football by Mark Tig and Paul Rowan, Rollicking and infuriating read. Um, I think that's probably the best uh, sports book uh, that was published in Ireland this year. Politics wise, I mean, I find it hard to get away from Hiding in Plain Sight by Sarah Kensier. Uh, obviously, she was on the podcast as well, Friend of the Bad. But uh, and that on Trump's um, criminality is is really fantastic in a sea of Trump books, poetry, um, or po- poetry adjacent. I would say for now by Eileen Miles, uh, they're one of my favourite poets, and this is a talk that they gave, um, and it's it's just fucking hilarious and. Just brilliant on writing, on creativity, on the life of a poet. Uh, really, really funny and smart and insightful and so much wisdom there. I never listened to audiobooks. I've, I've I've listened to two audiobooks in my life. One, Lily Allen's memoir, which is great if you haven't listened to that already. Um, but I did listen to one in the first lockdown this year, um, that was, I think was published at the end of last year, but I'm putting putting it into this year, which is the, which is high school. And it's the memoir of Tegan and Sarah. And obviously classic, uh, classic queer female vibes with this one. But it is so surprising. You think of these, like they're twins that became this massive band. And you think that they're just like totally on board with each other and like love each other so much. And it just could not be, um, more different than that, it specifically relates to their period as like teenagers and adolescents. It's an amazing document of uh, the granular nature of how everything matters in high school. And I recommend the audiobook specifically because they reference loads of their early demos and stuff like that in it. And they're played um, in the audiobook. So that's really enjoyable.
1: I always thought they were a lesbian couple.
0: No, they're twin sisters
1: they have a very big lesbian following though,
0: do they? Yeah, because they're lesbians, yeah.
1: Both. <laughs> okay.
0: there yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. The old lesbian twin phenomenon. Um and uh an Irish novel that came out this year that I really loved was As You Were by Elaine Feeney, an amazing Galway author and poet. Uh it's set on a hospital ward. Um some bits I think maybe like it's very it's very. It can be heavy in parts, but then there's so much humour. It's a real beautiful, there's some beautiful passages on Galway itself, on the city. Um, and I, I just, I, it's very, very rich novel, actually. Uh, so go for that if you want um, a really decent um, Irish novel. More nonfiction slash memoir slash essay. Okay, let's do your stupid idea by Patrick Frayne. Uh, Again, he was on our Byline podcast. Um, Just lovely and very gentle uh, kind of book. Um, Something totally different to that. Mark O'Connell's Notes from an Apocalypse. If you're interested in prepper vibes or the philosophies that underpin uh, those kind of things. Um, Mark O'Connell is a really excellent, excellent writer. People may have read um, To Be a Machine, his book on transhumanism. Um so this this is just the the space that he kind of is is walking around in at the moment and and it's kind of thrilling to to read. This year was a big year for like anti-racist books um and anti-racist reading uh in and around the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh there's two ones that are upcoming that I think people should keep an eye out for. Emma DeBerry's um upcoming book, What White People Can Do Next, and Odega um Uwagba, um, on is has a book called Whites uh, which is I haven't read it yet um, it's coming out very shortly and uh, she's amazing on issues like the very problematic issues around like white allyship and stuff like that so keep an eye out for that More Memoir Walking With Ghosts by Gabriel Byrne is a beautiful book about Dublin childhood Catholicism shame fame and um, Alcoholism. It's got some really, you know, the classic kind of, you know, celebrity anecdotes in it, but more, much more deeply than that. It's about how this kind of young man from Dublin became uh, the person that he is. Um, more kind of poetry adjacent stuff. Platforms by Nina Powers. Really small, very short book. You'd read it, you know, very quickly. It's kind of like a personal confessional essay poem. Really nice. And uh, for something you can dip in and out of, or just read in an all one go, um, The Art of the Glimpse, the Irish short story anthology edited by Sinead Gleeson. So those were my books of the year, Andrea. Gorge.
1: My books would be Less Is More, that i always always gone about by Jason Hickel. Um, and um, also Malatu's This Hostile Life. Uh, Maladu, uh, who was on our podcast for Culture Night. I really enjoyed that.
0: Awesome. Um, Let's talk about uh, clubbing, Andrea, as a cultural highlight. It's been a hard year for clubbing.
1: It's been a very hard year for clubbing. Um, But someone sent me a message last night and they're like, in the darkest times, thanks for keeping the clubbing vibes alive. And I was like, really, I feel like I've retreated into this hole. And they're like, no, whenever I felt really bad that we would never get to a club again, I just saw your optimism that it was in the post. I was like, oh, that is so nice. Um, Because it is. Um, And my highlights were from a clubbing perspective, Homo Electric did the Stay Homo live stream that had, was part of a bigger United We Stream project in Manchester. Um, I think United Oostream was in partnership with the council where they were um, fundraising for the club industry but also providing uh, streaming events for clubbing and also concerts and bands and stuff. It was a really nice project. Um, but the one that was caught my interest was the Homo Electric one. she Murphy played it um, and it was... DJs and whatever. So you could have a little bop and pretend you were living a normal life in your sitting room. Um, also from a clubbing perspective, the whole clubbing is culture conversation that we've been trying to push with no more hotels, um, which resulted in the partnership with algorithm and Pink House to do the projections on um, venues that have closed down and been replaced with hotels on culture night. Um, And then to think that there actually was um, in this year, we did have some clubbing experience. The No More Hotels Love Banquet was the last one we did, which was an absolute riot. And I can't wait to do another No More Hotels. Um, And then my final thing on clubbing was this weird little time when we were allowed to have like substantial meals and drinks. And the drag queens in Dublin, put on shows so that we had this weird little um, social occasion of going to drag shows and opium. And it was just really magical and nice and you got your food brought to you in the break and watching a drag show sitting down
0: it was glorious. And a bucket of white claw, claw, I believe. And a bucket of white claw. Well, my clubbing highlight is a bit more existential than that because I've spent uh, you know, from since April I suppose reading articles about raves re-emerging in the UK and less so here but there were some raves but less so here and what that means for clubbing culture going, going forward. Uh, what How will that feel in 2021? I um, was reading one uh, last week that was talking about how even within um, the emergence of raves how that has changed seasonally so Initially, there are like parks and neighborhoods and outdoor spaces. And now a lot of raves in the UK are moving inside in warehouses that previously were maybe <clears throat> holding stock for loads of businesses that are now out of business. um, And also in derelict or shut down pubs and bars, because obviously a lot of places have gone to the wall. So it kind of speaks to that broader thing of like how space is going to be post-pandemic and how clubbing and raving always operates within within the cracks and what that will do. Um, And I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Oh, bring back the clubs. Oh, Um, can I do a podcast apart from our one? Oh, I've got some podcasts. Okay, you go for podcasts then.
1: My podcasts are... Um, this absolute gem I've discovered, which is called Gem Pursuit, um, and it's by Matthew Weldon, who is a jeweler. Um, and it's there's only four episodes so far, and they're quite sporadic. But so, but the, I think they're going to be more regular. It's just a podcast about the ethical consumption of jewelry and um, how we p- people love like gemstones and jewels and luxury but how you can how antique jewelry can provide that in a sustainable jewelry enterprise and a community and also it's a family business that has been in the Paris Court Center since the 80s and yeah just really nice conversations and uh, information and a, a lovely podcast to listen to um, and then also the other podcast is maintenance phase with aubrey gordon and michael hobbs and they have done really nice uh uh things on the kind of goop phenomenon and kind of just setting sh- shit of part of what's real and what isn't the l- latest one was um anti-fat bias um and there was there was a what was there was a a uproar about something recently about sizing. Um, an uproar um, about an uproar. something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I remember what it was. Um, yeah, it was uh, launching somebody who was inclusive of sizing in their discussions and re- creating their community released a clothing range that wasn't inclusive of sizing. So the Anti-Fat Bias is a really interesting uh, podcast to listen to. and mm. that's, They really do debunking the junk science behind health fads, really worth a listen.
0: Brill. My favourite podcast this year, apart from us, obviously, no surprises. It's Where Is George Gibney? Um, Mark Horgan's podcast for BBC Sounds. Uh, Apart from the journalism involved and uh, the production levels, Um, I thought it was an amazingly edited podcast and I thought the sophistication of the storytelling um, and how that was structured was some of the best that I've heard in kind of podcast form. So shout out to Mark Horgan and obviously all the second captain's crew who we love. And then I think the other interesting thing was... um, Song Exploder, which is a podcast that I love that goes into like the anatomy of how songs are made with the artists who make them, um, moved to Netflix. Not moved, but it it had has a Netflix show. I think there's four episodes up there. And it's really interesting to see how podcasting um is being developed um and and created uh in, in visual form. And this is kind of becoming a greater uh part of development and and uh, making things for screen i think uh obviously there's been a trend in recent years with long form journalism and magazine articles uh turning into films um like everything from argo to the bling ring to hustlers uh all adaptations of of uh articles and i think that we're going to see increasingly like podcasting and um, becoming kind of a development pipeline for film and television. So it was inter- interesting to see that one kind of just move over as a straight doc format to Netflix.
1: Fab. Uh, in film, my highlights uh, were *Cam With Horses is now on Netflix and I think it's going to have a cinematic release. One of the most arresting films I've ever seen. I can't get it out of my head. Still can't um, often think about it. And, um, yeah it has it's an Irish film it's brilliant um I would highly recommend another one is Disclosure which is a story about the trans experience and how Hollywood has dealt with that um it's on Netflix and totally worth a a watch um right now and then also Herself oh such a good film again is due its cinematic release now that the cinemas are open um It is another arresting film of um, coercion and uh, domestic violence and the power and strength uh, to overcome. It's just, and Build a House, it's absolutely brilliant. I cannot recommend it enough.
0: Um, Yeah, they're my films. Um, One of my favourite films this year, uh, Andre, and I'm surprised you haven't included, it's the the film that you were in, uh, The Eighth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, which is a fantastic documentary on the repeal movement and the referendum campaign uh, of which Andrea is one of the primary characters. And personally, I'm just waiting for her to get famous so I can ride on those coattails all the way to Hollywood. I do not want to be famous. Um, but, but Other Irish film um, that I thought was really, really great was Aracht, uh, which um, was written and directed by uh, Tom Sullivan Um, and uh, it's been um, that's been selected as the Irish entry for uh, the Oscars uh, the Best Foreign Language category so that's uh, Ireland's selection for that. It's a really really beautiful and powerful film and weirdly it contains a lot of um, tropes of Irish cinema that I generally steer away from like coastal uh, stuff um obviously it's suffering it's about the famine it's or it's set in the famine um but it just manages to somehow navigate beyond cliché completely and instead deliver this like really masterful character study on suffering and hunger um in a, in a kind of an almost genre, like Western-type uh, um, vibe. And it looks beautiful. Uh, it's in the Irish language. Uh, the script is really great. Uh, the performances are really good. Um, so best of luck to that as it continues its journey. And then if, um, I'm thinking of ending things, Charlie Kaufman film, kind of bananas, but I was really into it as something just a bit different. Uh, and of course, then... Um, the, my report is in from happiest season Andrea you'll be delighted to know
1: I, I saw the fanfare about it is it good? Is it worth watching?
0: It is actually good so this is the like everybody's calling it the lesbian Christmas movie that's basically what it is with um Kirsten Stewart and Aubrey Plaza and other people I'm sure are in it <laughs> I didn't notice Um, and uh, it is like highly problematic in terms of the central relationship is quite toxic but it's And there's a little bit too much slapstick in it, but it is very enjoyable. Um, And yeah, it's just so mad, like so mad to be watching like a lesbian rom-com that's like mainstream with like a huge star like Kristen Stewart in it. And I'm just kind of sitting watching it going, God, this must be like what it's like for straight people watching rom-coms all the time. Because as we know, there's nothing more true to life than uh, Christmas romantic comedies. Hallmark have made a whole channel about it. And my other thing more broadly in film is like what's going to happen to cinemas. Um, Some are opening up uh, at this point, um, this weekend, and others aren't. Notably kind of the bigger chains uh, aren't. And at the outset of the pandemic, um, Sarah, my girlfriend, was talking about... uh, you know, she was making her predictions, which are always true, and I just basically steal all her ideas about what I was
1: still hers. I steal yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was happening? Uh, what was going to happen to cinemas? And she was kind of making this point that in the uh, stuff that she was reading about around the uh, quote-unquote Spanish flu pandemic, nineteen eighteen onwards, ha- the impact that that had on cinemas in the US, and basically what it did—it kind of shuttered the more independent mom and pop cinemas and allowed. Uh, for what was kind of the beginning of the more like kind of chain, of big studio cinemas and how she was kind of predicting that the opposite was going to happen now, that actually because of the nature of the pandemic and also the nature of film productions, that there would perhaps be less potential for these massive blockbuster franchises because so much money goes into them and they, uh, really their success rests on volume of people going to these movies like massive crowds and having massive opening weekends and that's become what matters in Hollywood and which is why you have all these pre-sale franchises and endless superhero movies and less uh, or much fewer mid-level movies and she was just saying like oh I think the opposite is going to happen like the chains will suffer the big blockbusters which are already kind of failing consistently will suffer and that there'll be a resurgence in independent film and independent uh, Uh, movie theatres. And that seems to be what's panning out. It seems to be that because independent cinemas have a community around them, they have a crowd, they show a diversity of film, um, that they'll be able to better manoeuvre with regards to restrictions uh, at this moment, whereas the big chain cinemas that rely on, you know, Loads of people coming to see whatever the latest Marvel thing is uh, will struggle more, um, and that too will have an impact on um, the big studio pictures and, and and production of of massive movies. I mean, we saw what happened with Tenet. You know, this film that everybody was waiting for. That in the end, they were just like, "Fuck it, we're not going to put it out in the US yet. We'll put it out in in Europe." Uh, the film is a bit of a mess even though I love Christopher Nolan Um, obviously if you have like massive restrictions with regards to space and cinemas you're not going to get these huge big opening weekends with like bajillions in the box office that the studios rely on so how does that then impact what gets produced and I think we are going to enter into a new period of kind of mid-level independent cinema um, that has longevity rather than these big splashes
1: Gorgie uh, next up, TV um, Mon highlights. Uh, where obviously the TV highlight of the year was United Ireland on Sky News. One hundred percent. What were you called? Una, U, Una <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, that was iconic. Um, also, my highlights were self-made. Um, which was the story of C.J Walker, the first black millionaire woman in and it was all in cosmetics, which was a joy to watch. Um, the Queen's gambit, like everyone watched it it was because it was really good um, would consider watching again. Also what I've started watching again is Hollywood um, obsessed with the with the aesthetic, the story and also the politician. you've got something to say on uh, that. Una we'll come to that in a moment and then finally it's a classic but it's I've it's gotten me through the pandemic I revert to it all the time um going to bed and or if I just want a day of just not thinking about anything else fab it's just so interesting to me how it was so spot on it still feels relevant their calling of things are still on point it's just a brilliant brilliant show
0: on Ryan Murphy um I have I have him down here because I just have I mean I just wish that he the cartel or the monopoly rather on LGBT related or adjacent television uh that Ryan Murphy holds would end like it feels like every single thing that is vaguely queer he gets to make and I'm not is that him is that him
1: making a space for himself he can't like it's up to other people then to make their space.
0: Well, I think it's also about like who people decide gets to get to make things as well. Um, and inevitably that's, you know, when it comes to LGBT stuff, it's always going to be like the white gay man. And I think that there is a lot more room. It's
1: always going to be. It always has been, but they can be Yeah, changed. yeah,
0: yeah. No, I know. I mean, not always going to be. Yeah. That's what I meant. How you phrased it was much better. Like it has been, um, I'm, you know, I'm not a big Ryan Murphy fan. I do find that his work lacks heart and soul. And sometimes substance. I know a lot of, <laughs> I know a lot of people will disagree with me on that. I think some of his stuff I, I, I like. I actually weirdly liked the assassination of Gianni Versace when that came out. Um even though that's completely cold and totally emotionally detached. I don't know why um I don't like Hollywood. How could you not like Hollywood? I didn't watch it, no. Ah, well then you can't form an opinion. Uh, yeah, fair. Anyway, that's the Ryan Murphy thing. Um, T V highlights for me, I guess, uh, well, the vow, uh, as the, the HBO documentary series, um, Sky Atlantic as well, I think, uh, on the Nixium cult. And imagine my surprise, Andrea, when our friend of the pod, uh Rick Ross, the cult deprogrammer, who we interviewed for our How to Escape a Cult episode on QAnon, appears uh in this doc um with his work. Uh, with regards to his work on the Nixium cults, or well, thing that's categorized as a cult, uh, so that was bananas. The vow is this is, the vow. Kind of is now has this like fire fest thing where the you know the way there were two fire fest documentaries. Yeah. There's the vow, and then there's also seduced inside, and both of them are like two different perspectives on the people involved in the Nixium cult. Uh, oh, I'm gonna watch that this weekend. Yeah, you'd be you'd be into it. It's it is bananas and then i guess we cannot not talk about normal people um one of the biggest tv shows this year uh irish made um loads of amazing irish talent and that obviously paul Mescal, who must have had the most insane fucking year imaginable and yeah it was just really from interesting to to watch i really loved it um as, as a piece of television, and uh, everybody involved in it, like the talents involved in, it, in terms of Lenny Ebersom and Susie Laval and people like that uh, behind the camera. And then, I guess, from a journalistic perspective, uh, obviously, I do a lot of arts features. It's been very difficult this year to actually get the kind of work that I do over the line because it's in real life and over long periods of time and stuff hasn't been in production where people haven't been playing gigs or doing festivals or whatever. But I did manage to get this piece done um, before normal people went out uh, and yeah, we might, we might just like relink that on our socials or whatever, because I did a big piece on Normal People with interviewing all cast and crew, and then another piece on with the locations guy uh, on how they actually made it. So I'm, I think as as a, it's not just interesting as a piece of television, but also how it was made and the people involved um, who were, it's funny to think of them now. It's like apart from Sarah Green, who is the most experienced like actor on set, probably like, you know, people didn't necessarily know Paul Mescal or Daisy Edgar Jones before 2020. And now, and now look at them. So yeah. Interesting what vibes. Uh,
1: finally on my list, I think yes, is online moments. Um, and this is a cute little two of them. One is Luke Millington Drake, who's been doing the Kira Knightley impressions, which I Think are absolutely scream aholics, um, go and have a goo um. Especially, I think the best one he is doing is, uh, Kira Knightley looks out a window, a particular highlight. Um, have you you haven't seen any of them? Have you? Oh my God, you're like you you'll have to go and look. They're very they're very good, and then finally, to end all my cultural highlights is Dolly Parton saving us from Corona.
0: Just, just that. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my final bits—just um, lo- random themes or or things that may impact, that did impact culture, and will may impact culture in twenty twenty one. I thought the Black Lives Matter protests in Dublin and elsewhere around Ireland were really important. Um, it showed how young black leaders are coming to the fore. Um, young black people in Ireland are kind of at the forefront of, like, the vanguard of our culture. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, continues to to impact um, our art and culture. And then what does the impact of the pandemic on art and culture look like next year, like on the live realm, on indie film, um, on people's personal creative growth, uh, on how, like what artists have been up to and what they've been thinking about? I think it's going to be a real struggle to make interesting art about the pandemic. Because everybody went through it, you know, it's not novel. Um, and then, like, culturally, where we are going, like the growth of things like psychedelics, um, how will that impact art and culture, um, cottage core, the move to outside of urban areas, the ethics of air travel. What will that mean for how we're going around the place and picking up bits and bobs and seeing different things? What's going to happen to offices and commercial spaces? Are we going to enter into the office music scene? Um, pirate radio reimagined. Uh, what will that look like? Um, Double digital radio, obviously, at the vanguard of that. Um, what can and can't translate into the digital space? And will once the pandemic is over, fingers crossed, Will we just completely retreat from digital or will we find it even harder to get away from? Are we about to enter the roaring 20s? Will 2021 hold the summer of love? Is it going to be a mass hedonistic escape? We can, but hope. Will there be less cultural travel and more Indigenous and homegrown vibes? And then where does the city fit in all of this in terms of Dublin as the capital of Ireland? The conversations around that have been ongoing for a long time. Um, we've hosted a lot of them. Um, and Andrea, in particular, like you're so central to that around no more hotels and you know, your your uh voice on the nighttime economy as well. So, how will Dublin take shape in 2021? What will the impact of people's savings um be on buying up? property because that's going to be a thing, even though artists and creative people have their livelihoods decimated. You do have loads of people who manage to clock up savings. What will the impact of the increase in arts funding um, be? How, like, What will the impact be in cultural activity and the stuff people are making? Um, what what will be the next step for so many artists, many of whom lost their livelihoods this year and maybe are rethinking things or going back to education or starting afresh and I really think as well that with all of the music going on, there are questions to be asked about how much bigger and greater and more networked uh, a music industry infrastructure that is artist-led that we need in Ireland as well. I think that's a conversation that sometimes gets missed, so... Those are the vibes. Looking forward. Thanks for that, Andrea. Um, yay, go vibes. What are your vibes for 2021? I want to go to many festivals and many raves and many clubs and be amongst people. And I also wonder how I will cope with that, having been away from large social situations for a long time. Good, And now, why don't we just get in the sea?
1: So, this week... There was another in bits uh, whip vote. We all know my feelings on the whip um from the government. Uh, this time it was a question it was an amendment about paying student nurses, um, and it was voted down. Um every single per, every single TD in opposition voted to pay student nurses and every T D within the government voted not to pay them. Um there was a Like, Fianna Fáil did a a post about why they voted to not pay them. And the pushback was that they had to vote no because it would be unfair on other students working who don't get paid, like the guards and teachers. Um, Just
0: pay them as well. How about that? Yeah,
1: yeah, just pay them. (laughs) Uh, So that absolute rhetoric and the fact that it came out, uh, like Simon Harris did a tweet about like uh, how... How valuable they were and how, how thankful it was, and I was like, Well, stop being thankful and pay them for fuck's sake. And then it was so badly timed because the uh, Christmas lights um, were launched in Smithfield and they were all frontline workers um, just after the vote. It was like, Oh, we value them so much, we're putting them up in lights, but not paying them. Bits. Pay people for work. It's not that big a fucking thing to come to terms with. Um, yeah, so that can all get in the sea. It's an absolute, it's on fire trash bag full of shit. It's, it can totally get in the sea.
0: And now it's bananas.
1: <laughs> oh God, it's bananas. Another week, another raft of, uh, fucking mental, crazy in bits lettings appearing on Daft, um, the like there are ones that you can't actually get into the studio it's the sofa is in front of the oven so you just sit and look at the oven and to crawl and then the one that you can't open your your cooker or your oven because your bed is in the way how is this uh, like how is it legal it just needs to be made illegal for the, this unfair way of living and demanding 1200 euro for the for the privilege of it it's absolutely bananas Um you would it would be great to see maybe daft leading the charge or um and approaching this as an issue um, for maybe their csr of how it's if they're not going to allow stuff like that on on their website anymore but yeah it's absolutely bananas that we're still in a position where people are charging 1200 euro for for shit storms, just because they're painted nice, piss off. Absolutely bananas.
0: That is bananas. But um, in in more uplifting news, it's time for our fave bits. Andrea, what are your fave bits? Well,
1: my two. Fa- I've only a small bit of fave bits. Loads of them are in our in our culture bit. But the first was uh, Painted Prosecco. Had these kits. They sent me one, and it's like an easel and uh, paint and um, canvases, paintbrushes, everything you need to create works of art. And from that, I, I, I started it one night when I was bored, like, oh, fine, I'll do a painting. And now it's an actual work of art. I'm an actual artist. I can't believe I didn't see this coming, but I'm doing a print run of them. That's how much of an artist I am. Now. Oh my God. Amazing. There's a trip tech in the works and then there's going to be a tote bag to go with it. Can you cope? I artist. Can. You are an artist. I'd like to thank Paint and Prosecco for bringing this moment into my life. It's what I've been waiting for for so long. Uh, and also my other favorite bit is the monolith that appeared in the Utah desert. Like just, and then it was gone again. I just love these funny things and we. I don't know what it is yet and we'll... And I love that—that that there's a story about to emerge about it. But it was oh, something that really made me smile. Was somebody was like the monolith is back, and then there was like with added stories because it's stories are on every app now. It's like Twitter stories, Instagram stories, blah, everything's a story. So it was like the monolith has stories now. Gas.
0: That is gas. My fave bit I just have one fave bit because we have a very special uh addition to fave bits this week. Um greensod Ireland dot IE. They've launched a campaign called Save Sod which is uh to save and help and revitalize Irish biodiversity. So if you go to ie forward slash save a sod, you can check that out there.
1: I just love that. Mm. Like you can buy trees, I love it. Delicious.
0: And now it's exciting competition time. I have exciting competition time written in caps on our script. And this is to do with our fave bits. So every week when you listen to the podcast, I'm sure you're always enthralled about our fave bits. And this Christmas, we are giving you... Taking on the role of Oprah. We're taking on the role of Oprah, yes. (laughs) We're giving you an opportunity to win a hamper of our fave bits. Whee! Isn't that fab? So we're going to have loads of our fave bits in there. There may be some Black Cherry White Claw. Oh, uh, obviously. There may be some delicious imbibe coffee. There may be some of our favourite uh, records uh, this year. Um, there may be multiple selections of our fave bits across a year of podcasting. Uh, and Maybe one of my uh, numbered prints will be in there. Absolutely fantastic. And so And there may be books, maybe some of the books we've mentioned here. So it's a really super duper, super duper, what the fuck? It's a really great great hamper (laughs) of fave bits. So what you have to do to be in with the chance to win our fave bits. We actually
1: figure out the logistics and post all what we're going to have in the hamper.
0: Yes. in, In a... In a public forum. Yes, we will do that. But one of the things that you're going to have to do is come up with your favourite episode of United Ireland this year and why. And then we're just going to be judge, juror and executioner on that. And uh, so we'll put up the details on our socials about how to win our fave bits and you an amazing Christmas present for yourself or you can just basically get loads of bits from it and just use it to give other people all your Christmas presents, which would also be good.
1: It's stunning. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Um, this podcast has been produced by Andrew at Castaway Media. Crystal Clear gave us this tuna chicken roll for our soundtrack and Sarah Fox did all of our design.
0: You can find links to all of our socials on our website. We we're, no, we're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of that. Stay tuned to our socials for uh, all of the deets on how to win our fave bits. Andrea, what's the tuna chicken roll this week? Oh my God, this...
1: The story behind the song, I was walking out with my mom to the car and across the green, like we live in, there's like loads of houses around the green. This song was coming out of a house across the green and it was so bizarre in the middle of Lexington for this to be happening. And it was so uplifting and so joyous. And the two of us were like, that is just lovely. I absolutely love that music. Um, So it is Jerusalem by Master KG featuring, featuring Burna Boy and... Nam
0: Siba Zikode. Awesome. I've been Una. I've been Andrea. This has been United Ireland. And that was Culture Highlights.
1: Culture Club. Culture Club. Yes. Kama 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 Kama
2: Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right